On this Byron Lazine podcast, I get to sit down with Connecticut native, just mm-hmm. like myself, Jared James. He owns Jared James Coaching Company, media companies. He started, sold, still runs a whole bunch of different companies. True entrepreneur, very well connected in this industry and changing so many agents' trajectories. If you're not familiar with Jared, or even if you are, you don't want to miss this pod. We go personal, we go business, and things you should be thinking about in the future. Hope you enjoy the pod. So, little cool little story, Jared. Mm-hmm. First time I ever had any, you know, introduction to you. Mm-hmm. I was back in I think my first, maybe second year in the business when I had zero grays. You, had zero, you have grays now. I have a couple over here, them. dude. I get them All on right. that side, not so much on that side. All right, yeah. one side like me. I got the yeah. one little. Uh, I'm like a Batman villain. I'm like people a Batman I, villain. People yeah. think I die that. You know, isn't that interesting that people do that? We haven't even let you open your finish your opening sentence. But isn't that weird that people think that's like a like you're trying to be the male that Cruella would, Deville? Right. Like it's yeah. People say it to me. They're like, oh, you you got to put more dye in. Like this is starting to show. And I'm like, no, I, I don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't care if people do dye their hair, but I don't. Like, I wouldn't. Just, I wouldn't dye a little streak. You know, yeah. that, that would be my hair grows too fast. It's anyways. 2022, man. I mean, what's weird is in. So I mean, I don't yeah. put it past anything. So, Absolutely. Yeah. My good friend Ryan. Shout out to Ryan Pineda. He dyes his hair green and blue out there in Vegas. He does all kinds of crazy stuff. But your uh, your friends are high schoolers? That's a, that's a uh, I didn't realize that. Good for you. Good for you. All right. So first introduction to Jared James. Mm-hmm. First couple of years in the business, I was at William Pitt Sotheby's. Mm-hmm. Great company, you know, here in Connecticut. Yeah. You happen to be headquartered in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. I've got my Connecticut team. And you just blew me away. I mean, you're talking about, I did the keynote for them. You had the year. keynote. That's right. Yeah. And this was in Stanford, I believe Stanford. I f- yeah. I forget exactly, but yeah, yeah, I got to drive to it, which was Somewhere awesome. There. A yeah. little driving yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, talk for you. Yeah. And I was like, dude, this guy's the real deal. Super authentic. You delivered. Everybody loved the talk that was there, but you really, you said some things that were like so impactful that are still relevant today. I hope so. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So some of these key talking points, mm-hmm that you've probably delivered over and over that have just like always stuck with me. And you know, like you say a lot of things, like people know what you look like, right? When you're right. talking about video. video. Yep. Um, there's just so many, what are the, some of the main pillar talking points that you've kind of. So the one you're talking about is uh, I tell people when it comes to video um, and doing video, cause everybody is, you know, trying to be per- you know perfect and trying to look yeah. perfect and trying to connection over perfection. Like that's yeah. it. Like at the end of the day, if you're not doing video because you're afraid of how you look and sound while we're having this conversation, you better have a bag over your head because I can see you. Yeah. And it didn't keep you from having this conversation, right? And then when you look at the pillars of really just our program, I talk about visibility, Trump's ability, you know, the idea that the best isn't always what wins. It's the one who's actually there, the one um, who's an option. That's, that's you know, 100% of the time, the one that always wins. And in real estate, that's relevant because, you know, we're uh, people like, oh, I want more listings. There's low inventory. There's not low inventory. There's high demand. There were 6.125 million sales last year. That was the highest number in 15 years. How do you have a record number of sales with low inventory? You know who complains about inventory? People who don't have the listings. Yeah. You know who loves inventory right now? People who have the listings, right? Um, so I'll talk about that kind of stuff. Uh, I talk about how consistency is undefeated. Like there are certain things that no matter what, because obviously when you when you speak at as many places as I do, you have to switch it up constantly, right? It's like a stand-up comedian on the road. You know, once they release that Netflix special, nobody wants to hear all of those jokes again, right? 
but then there are there are pillars that are just tried and true man they they don't stop like they'll always be there how many pillars do you have have you had these for the last decade have they evolved you know, they're things that I kind of live by. They're things that I that I recognize. You know, I use the example of like a stand-up comedian, right? And um, very much so, that's how my mind works, like how I view the world, right? Uh, and so I write things and I, and you, you know, I forget who I was listening to the other day, but they said I write on the stage, meaning the crowd is my, mm-hmm. is my, uh, they're my notes, they're my, you know, whatever. And so very much like that, right? So the one that I just said, visibility, uh, not visibility, uh, when I said uh, that consistency is undefeated, um, I literally said that like four months ago for the first time. Uh, I was talking to a crowd. I was talking about something, and I was just in that zone. And I'm like, yeah. guys, consistency is undefeated. It's it's like it's like Father Time. It's undefeated, you know. And uh, and I gave this whole thing, and I'm like, well, some of you are like, oh, he's right. I need to be more consistent. And I'm like, no, you're consistent. You know, <laughs> it's it still works even that's, when you're not doing the right things. That's right? what I've heard you say a lot. You're consistently doing the wrong. It's things. like, hey, consistency is undefeated, and we yeah. we hear that and we go, well, that means you know when it's great. So I need to get right. to that. No, no, no. Consistency is undefeated the other way. Yeah. Like when you consistently sleep through your alarm, when you consistently right. avoid awkward conversations, when you consistently when when you consistently do those things, the results are there. When you consistently eat cheeseburgers for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, when you can, there's gonna be it's still undefeated. A weight impact. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. still undefeated. It's just a matter of, is it the result you want? So I said that at an audience, and there's these moments where you just kind of like, oh, got it. That that clicked, and it becomes one of our things, right? Because um, I can feel it. I can see it. Uh, another one we say is marry the principal, date the model. Hmm. You know? It's marry the principal, date the model. Well, what does that mean, right? And I've been saying this for years, and I'll keep saying it. Principles are tried and true, right? Yeah. Uh, the idea of getting in front of a client at the time they need you before someone else does, your competitor does, um, will always be true, right? So you marry that. That is, that's there. But you date the model, right? And so it's just a fun way of saying date the model, date date the strategy. Because yeah. when test I got into a, the industry, test. hey, you're you're calling the phone book, right? saying I got buyers and you, whatever. That strategy has switched. But what were you trying to do back then? Mm-hmm. You were trying to get in front of someone at the time they needed you before a competitor, right? And so today's world, that principle still, it's there. We're, we're married to it or whatever. But the strategies constantly change. And so take that same principle of what I'm talking about and pull that forward to today. I've been talking that principle for years, but now I tell people, hey, the, the, the quickest way to underperform on your potential is to get married to, is to get romantic about how you got here, right? So the quickest way to underperform on your potential is to get romantic about how you got here. It's another way of saying it, right? Yeah. It's like, well, that's always worked. Well, I always just put, you know, things on Craigslist and then I get 20 calls. Well, I always, yeah, you got romantic about how you got here, right? That That's where, as much as we all hate change, and we do, it sucks. Yeah, we don't like it when we go into a hotel and the toilet paper's coming out the bottom instead of the top. Like, we hate change, right? But at the end of the day, if you get romantic about what got you here today, it's ultimately what keeps you from going to the next place. Yeah. And I don't just say these things, I live them. Like I'm constantly challenging myself and I'm running businesses and I'm doing, and so it just, it means a little more when I'm talking to an audience because I legitimately mean what I'm saying because I have to live it. I just left an interview where we hired someone. I, we just fired someone. Like it's, it's real. So if you've had the pleasure of hearing Jared speak live like I have or like I have looked up a bunch of your YouTube content and you've got keynotes on there. Yeah then you're like, whoa, this dude, he's on it. He's got these great principles. But something that's always been curious to me is you were an agent. Mm-hmm. You were an actual real estate agent oh, yeah. here in Connecticut. Very successful. Yeah. At a young age, very yeah. successful. Yeah. But you didn't do it for a long period of time. 
Well, not a well. It depends on how you define long period of time. So, uh, first off, I started off as my mother's unpaid assistant. So when I was a kid, that's what I did, man. I mean, right. So there's ten years, dude. I was the kid at basketball practice with a briefcase that didn't have a code to it. Like I, I had always, I was entrepreneurial from the time I was a, you know, just out yeah. the womb, right? Um, I got in full time, and I'm really, really, really bad with uh, anyone around you. Anybody around me will tell you I'm terrible with date frames and times and that okay. kind of stuff. It's not how my brain works. Um, so I got in myself, I want to say when I was maybe around 2003, how old are you now? Three, four. I just turned 40. Just turned 40. Yeah, just turned 40. Uh, I want credit that I can still hear you from that far away after turning 40. But, um, I got in and I think I went full blow, like full boat, like actual, like doing it and whatever for, God, I want to say like five, six, seven years, something like that. So you're, you're talking before... The GFC, probably 04-ish. I'm talking, yeah, I, I I actually was operating through the 08, 09, the stuff we talk a lot about yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. I was operating during that. And the yeah. funny thing is, I just said to you how when I say things from a, from a stage or I say things on my videos or whatever, it comes from a different place because I'm an actual operator. Mm-hmm. The truth is, is also there for when I'm talking now about the difference between our market now and the market back in 2006, 2007, 2008. I operated during that market and business went up. And I didn't even, I wasn't even like conscious of the idea that like something was going on right now. Yeah. I heard people complaining. Uh, I was doing just fine. Like I looked at it and I was like, okay, I remember, I remember a headline. The market was going to go down 4.7%. And every, it was like the world was over 4.7%. I mean, think about that for a second. So if you're doing 20 transactions, that's one transaction, like 4.7%. And then I saw another headline that the number of agents were going to drop off by like 10%. I was like, my market just went up 5%. Like, this is amazing. And this is how my mind has always worked. And it's almost like the world we live in today. Um, I wouldn't know everybody was so racist unless I watch the news and I find that out. Because in my normal everyday life, I hang out with people, we have fun, we do whatever. And then you put on the news and you're like, oh God, everybody hates each other. Like, right. wow, when did this happen? The same thing was happening during that market where like I was operating in my marketplace, doing great, growing, like just figuring out how to build teams before teams were a thing. That's where a lot of our stuff comes from now, our team leader coaching and training and such. But like when I was in it, I was like, yeah, we're just keep growing. Like what, what is everybody worried about? Yeah. If you talk to any top producer in any market, they tell you that they thrived during those years. I talked to so many agents in this state. I'm like, Hey, how, how'd you do it? How'd you do it? It's like, uh, I just kept doing what I always do. I get listings. Stats are for average people. Yeah. That's what stats are for. Stats are for average people. And nobody gets into real estate because they want to be average. Yeah. You know what I mean? Nobody watches Selling Sunset, which couldn't be any less about selling anything other than drama or their bodies. Uh, <laughs> but nobody watches whatever show that everybody's watching now and, and goes, you know what? I have a dream to be mediocre. I think I'm going to get yeah. into real estate. That's the place to do it. And so when you look at stats and you look at these things, they're for the average. Yeah. You know, so like stats have never done that to me. They've never. So I want to dip into this market shift at some point, mm-hmm. but before we get there, so you did real estate for, you know, as a full-time agent, not, not doing, yep. you know, the assistance, your mom, but as you doing it yep. for what, five years, probably, probably five to seven. And the reason why I give that, that two year variance is yeah. because there was a timeline of you were uh, phasing out where I was like, okay, I got to figure something out here because yeah. I was getting off of stages and going and then going backstage and answering phone calls and well, going well there's got to be some I, something's got to give here why didn't you keep the team or the business and start the other business why yep. why didn't you have an operator plug into that yep. just kind of dominate and then and then go do the coaching 
few reasons around that. Uh, number one, I was with a brand at the time, and uh, I now work with every major brand in the industry, yeah. and so uh, that's career suicide. You know, uh, I was meeting with with uh, EXP back when they first started. You know, they wanted a face. They wanted a you know, uh, and I was going, I can't do this. Like yeah. it looks awesome. You guys are going, you know, whatever. But I can't can't do it. Like it's you know, it's career suicide for me, right? Right. So back then, I was kind of like, ah, not going to do that. Not going to whatever. Um, I did end up selling the team, but but the reason why I didn't keep it operating was because I I couldn't allow or couldn't have people thinking I was in competition with them. Mm-hmm. You know that I'm I'm now like doing real estate or locally I'm doing that or whatever, and so I had to make a decision, and I made a decision about greater calling and I knew I could always go back to it um, but at the time I looked at it and I said I gotta I gotta burn the boats here and I gotta go after it you sold it mm-hmm. what did that look like did you have a three-year run or did we, you just sell it we off? didn't know what we were doing like no. honestly didn't know what we were doing like it's uh, we've come so far like literally the industry's come so far. Yeah. Um, I think people like me have gone through this kind of stuff. And so you start to learn like about valuations and you learn about, you know, one and a half X times it. And you learn about all this stuff. We didn't know anything about yeah. that. You know, it's like, you're just like, I'm moving on to this thing. Let it's me like, Hey, you give me this, do this. And it's just a, you know, let me get something yeah. for this. That'll, that'll help me go into the next level. Um, and it's, we just didn't know what we were doing. And that's part of, you know, it's funny, man, but that's part of how you learn, you know, it's, yeah. uh, you, you kind of, when you're in an industry, let's remember something first off, like coaching in our industry is not that old. Right. You know what I mean? Like coaching is not that old. And so it's funny because I think there's going to be a drastic shift even in how coaching is done. And people are like, what? And they, they hold on to it because you get romantic. Yeah. What did I say before? Yeah. Quickest way to underperform in your potential, get romantic about how you got there. Look how old it is. It's not that old. And so a lot of things in our industry, when you talk about the selling of teams and yeah, we're going that route now, teams are more valuable than brokerages in many cases. Mm-hmm. But man, when I was doing it, I don't want to sound like a dinosaur because it wasn't that long ago. Like I said, I just turned 40, but none of this was Team, normal. Teams didn't have the market share where they have to. There weren't even teams. Yeah. It wasn't like even when close. I went to go build a team, uh, talk about learning from your mistakes. I didn't know what I was doing yeah. and everybody thought I was nuts because nobody did that. You know, unless you were KW and you were doing whatever, nobody did that. That wasn't a thing. That wasn't like a, you know, I talk about now, you asked for some of our pillars. Another thing that I say all the time and will always say, you either run a business or you run around. It's mm-hmm. one of the two. You can either run a business or you can run around. A lot of people run around. We don't learn how to, you know, because you went to hours of real estate classes. They teach you, you know, how to pass a test. They teach you how to be an attorney. Mm-hmm. And then you're told don't discuss anything legal because you'll get sued. How to be a land They surveyor. teach you how to be an appraiser, which, by the way, I don't think appraisal should even be a part of our industry, but we can have that as a oh, separate conversation. I have, have I lit up some, some, oh, some haters on that one in the past? Right, so I, I don't have know what same, side you're on. I'm but, on your side, by the way. Okay, but, but, uh, yeah, so when when you look at all of these things and you, and you and you um uh uh just kind of pull it all together, that's kind of where I came from. That's kind of like, you know, it all yeah. came from actual doing. It came from mistakes. We didn't have teams. When I was doing it, everyone in my office is like, "What the heck is he doing?" Like, "What what? What are you talking about?" Like, that's not how we do this, especially in this state. Dude. Like Connecticut's the last to adopt. Oh, really? Number anything. of people I heard about who ended up, you know, who just I'm used to it now but like just talking about you and whatever and it's like for what yeah what do you mean like I'm just trying to figure this out you still get that now in the coaching industry do we still get that now I mean are you kidding me dude uh if you do anything in today's world that has any kind of public anything yeah I mean it's just you know the haterade is strong you know but to me it's just I don't want to say things are so cliche, but it's just true. Like, it's just a signal that you're doing something right. It's a signal that you're doing that you matter. I've I, never had someone above me talk bad about me. Yeah. Never had that happen. Well, I, th- I think 
you know, to me, when I look at the coaching industry, I have a strong relationship with TF. Yeah. I'm yeah, like, me dude, too. I'm like, dude, he's always spoken so highly of you. Yeah. And, and so I think that's he's a great the biggest guy. compliment in the industry that you can have. Oh, he's a great guy. Uh, we don't, he and I have had many private conversations. Yeah. We've talked about the future. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about how, when we look at the future, we believe it's me and him. Yeah. And, uh, I'll say that like, that's, that's great, you know, but we both believe that we're good for the industry. Hundred percent. So, so I don't believe, short of you know, just some scoundrel getting in. I've never said scoundrel in my life. Uh, I love that word. I'm forty now. Way. I can do it. What a it's word. Good. It's it's what part of my repertoire. I'm, I'm forty. <laughs> Breaking up uh, scoundrel. Scoundrel. It's that's gonna be right. the new word for the office. Just the next you wait. Week, by the way, it's, I like scoundrel. It's fifteen minutes in. Yeah. Okay. So, short of some scoundrel who's just bad for the industry or something, I have no interest in, you know, bashing what people choose to use or who they decide to follow or who they, yeah. you know. So, he and I have had conversations and it's like, hey, um, I look at it. We have right now uh, the third largest coaching and uh, training program in North America. In my mind, we will be number one. And so, is that behind? The, so, is Buffini in the top yeah, two? Yeah, and then Mike's he's not, now behind. Mike's not in that anymore. Come on. <laughs> um, but, but. When we look at it, though, we believe we're both good for the industry. Yeah. And we really do believe that. And we have a ton of people that leave us and go to him. We have a ton of people that leave him and go to us. And we have sure. people that go back and forth and, you know, whatever. Like it's, um, like it's CB, EXP, But we're good Keller for the industry. Williams. Look, yeah. you know, what coach you get matters. All of that stuff matters. But at the core, when you take who I am, when you take who he is, and you take what we believe and what we believe about the industry and everything else, you know, I'm the first one when he's at his summit, shoot him a text saying, you know, good luck, man. You're going to go kill it. Like, yeah. you know, whatever. Like, it's it's it's... You know, I've, I, w I did another podcast and somebody assumed that we would be enemies. And I'm like, well, why? The industry's big enough, yeah. man. Like, that's so childish. The industry is plenty big. And if you believe that someone's good for the industry, you believe, then I'm all for it, man. Like, everyone's going to eat. So how do you think coaching looks different? Oh, God. I'm figuring it out right now. I am. I'm figuring it out. Um, you can't have everything change, you know, because there's so many dynamics with this, right? It's how, like... How do you get away from one-on-one -on -one accountability? There you go. This is where we're going. So... So there is a one-on-one -on -one dynamic where you can't get away from that accountability. The accountability is what makes people go. 100%. Look, we can watch we can watch hit YouTube videos all day long during the pandemic, you know, that get hundreds of millions of views while we're working out in our living room, and it will never be the same as when you're at the gym with that one person, right? Going one more, one, you know, that's yeah. it's never going to be the same, right? Great. And at the same time, there is a there is a dynamic. We were the first ones that did virtual training. Like, I mean, like we were the first and it sucked. Like, it was bad, you know, but we had to grow, 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 grow. Right. Yep. But we can't ignore the dynamic too, that there is a virtual on demand aspect of our society right now. You know, there's a Netflix aspect right. to our society. So the question becomes TikTok, and we've already, we've already started kind of playing with this with our team leader coaching and stuff. It's like, what is the dynamic? What is the, um, what is the balance between needing that one-on-one? -on -one? Cause you do, there's no doubt about it. Like I will never, like our coaches are awesome. They're like, you, you've got to do that. Right. And then also from the perspective of do people have at times an on-demand option, meaning that they're at a period right now where they need to get deep into finances. Mm -hmm. They need to get deep into the systems and the structure. They need to get deep into the legal entity and what that looks like. They need and to like get have deep. a, have a season. Basically. Yeah, like dur dur having that option during right. their training or their coaching where they go into a, a four-week or an eight-week. Yeah. You know, they still have their one-on-one -on -one coach, but is there something there? You know, my buddy my buddy is uh, – remember that show on A&E, Flip This House? Yeah. Um, I was on that show, and my grandmother didn't find out until she watched it, and then she was ticked at me. <laughs> um, but 
my buddy is the main trainer for them, right? They were CT okay. houses here. Now they're fortune builders, right? And they've got an interesting model that does very, very well. I'm not going to get into their numbers, but, uh, you know, when you look at how they how they switch around uh, what people are able to choose and the Netflix version of what they do, it's just very interesting. And so I'm always a big believer in um, I don't watch people in real estate. Yeah. Like it's it, I just I, I just don't like, like on it, TV. No, I just mean like in general, I okay. don't I don't. Uh, I love Tom, but I don't watch his videos. Oh, yeah, yeah. I you know you. what I mean? I'm I not, yeah, I mean, yeah. occasionally I'll stumble across yeah. one and be like, you know, keep it up type of thing. But like, it's not yeah. like on my, like I've got to. Right. Um, I like to watch things outside of the industry and see what's going on. So they're in the investment world, not our world of this. Right. Um, not in but coaching, it's, not in whatever. But they're number one. And so like, yeah. they're killing it. And so I always just kind of look at that and I go, huh, what version of that? Because we have our virtual, Right. And then, which is more like a gateway drug to get people into one-on-one. Yeah, right? lower cost. Lower cost. You can do brokerage wide, you can do individual. You can do, you know, I, I upload those suckers. Like, I will shoot. Our, our how to get listings was four months long. I shot it I shot it ahead of time. Yep. Week, and it's released week by week, you know? We just did a 32 ways to get your buyer's offers accepted. It was a two-month series. I shot it ahead of time. It's very mm-hmm. scalable. It's very, you know? So I do, I just ponder. Like, it's one of the reasons why I exercise and I run. It gives me time to think. And I'm... I'm not there yet, like as you can hear with my answer. Like I'm just pondering right now. What yeah. does that look like? You know, we always talk about great business people put themselves out of business. You know, like what what model would scare you, right? And the truth is, there's no model that scares me because our business is so personality based. It's just the truth. Like our from the coaching training perspective, it's so personality based. You know. Yep. Um, but I still think about like what what model what model would scare me right now? What model if it was put toe to toe? Same personality, same whatever. Yeah, and you want to put yourself out of business before somebody That's else it. does. I totally get that. That's when, it, man. When I do look, and, it, and it's a hard. I, I I certainly don't have the answer for you because when you look at coaching, I got other things in here. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, yeah, I'm still thinking them through, so I don't want to make them public yet. Yeah, you don't have to. What I'm saying is because I I know the real estate coaching industry so well, yeah. and I've I've received coaching really. You coach with Tom. For, I would coach person with Tom. Nice. So, um, I've received a whole bunch of coaching. I've also had other coaches, right? Mm -hmm. And that one-on-one accountability is really hard to replace because I I had the, when we had the debate with Ricky Carruth, right? There's a clear definition to me between training and coaching. Dude, I saw a part of that and I wanted to yell that at screen. What what are we talking about here? I had a definition I could articulate. I don't feel like- We were talking about a runner in a wheelchair going around the track. And I'm like, we're not talking about the same thing right now. And so when, when we talk about the virtual content, that does start to to align with training a little bit, 100%. right? And, and there's a place for that 100%. probably in everybody's coaching business, whether it's TF or yours or whatever. And so there's a there's a really good place for that. But yeah. there's to me still the reason Jordan went out and hired Tim Grover right. is because he wanted an edge. He had the best coach in the yeah. NBA, yeah. but he wanted that extra edge. Yeah, he was sick about winning. Yeah, right. And yeah. if you and if you really determined to do it you're going to take every edge you possibly you need more can. than a youtube video yeah hey you're not going to convince me you need a one-on-one coach right uh 100 man like the accountability is what matters and as much as covid might try to make us think that people didn't matter and you know being around didn't it's bull yeah, crap. We, we figured that out absolute bull crap yeah. yeah it's it's you know yes 100 and so that's why i'm thinking it through because you can never get rid of 
that dynamic as far as what it does to someone and what it does to the fact that they don't only really want to let themselves down, but they don't want to let this coach down. You know, and I saw that debate. And uh, Ricky's a good guy. You know, I I, yeah. I know Ricky. Yeah, he is a good guy. He means well. Coaching and training are two different yeah. things. And the idea of free coaching, uh, or the idea that um, paying for coaching means that you know you don't care about those people. Well, that means every person listening who's charging their clients to buy and sell houses doesn't care about their consumer. And I went that's, there with him. He's like, "Yeah, Yo, you that's can't not, go there." That's I'm just like, that's just not, not the there. case. Like you know, and you, I think you might have said it or not, but it's just true. Like when you when you pay for something, it matters. Yeah. You know, uh, there's a reason why you pay for your gym membership, and it's not just, "Hey, everyone." If whenever you want to come through, do you, you know? typically gravitate towards the highest price item given three choices? Uh, why? Because you, you just that? believe in it more. Like I will sometimes. I know what you're saying. Not on everything. I know what you're saying. But like, I don't gravitate towards the cheapest. I don't either. That's probably the better way to put it. Yeah. I don't necessarily look, man. It's called the big screen syndrome. Like this has been proven. This is a marketing thing. Like the reason why uh, a you know I can't think of one, but an electronics store will throw a 75 inch TV in the in the window. Uh, is because you went in there for a 32 and now you buy a 45. Yeah. You know, it's not because they think you're going to buy the 75. And so I don't, I don't mind quality things. I mean, I will sometimes gravitate towards that, but more so when I'm educated, it makes sense to do it. But the better question is, is why don't you gravitate towards the cheaper thing? Which I don't, you know, because you just, there's assumed value there. I don't know how, even if you start offering one-on-one coaching free, Okay, we have coaches who have trouble getting their students to show up when they're paying $500,000 a month, you know, whatever it is. Which is insane. When you know that coaching is just an option as long as nothing else comes up, and hey, I'll just grab another one because it's free. Right. For me as a program, and everybody can run their business the way that they want to run it, okay? For me as a program, um, I'm not looking for our coaching or our accountability to be um, unless something else comes up. I want it to be a priority. I want testimonials. I didn't get into coaching to make money. I can make money doing a million different things, and I do make money doing a lot of different things. Okay. At the end of the day, um, he's correct. You're trying to help people. You're trying to, you know, when you when you help someone financially, you give them the ability in their life to make decisions based on what they should do, not what they have to do. Mm -hmm. Those are two different things. You give them the ability to come from a place of strength, from a position of strength, and I really believe that. Okay. Um, but I don't think you do them any favors by giving them handouts um, when there's a better option, you know, yeah. uh, especially at scale, you know, at mass. Well, um, it'd be impossible to. That's my, it's it's yeah. completely impossible. It's yeah. completely, it'd be like, uh, I love getting on stage and I love that moment when I can see the epiphany, I can see it happen. I'm not doing it for free. Yeah. There's got to be a value to this. They're, they're, I mean, that's just human nature 101. We have to value uh, um, what it is that can matter. And people go out of your talks jacked up. Probably 1% is going to take action on it in the immediate short term, the next two months. Higher than one, but still very disappointing. Whatever. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a small number yeah. out of however many people are yeah. in there. And then there's probably, I don't know, 50% of the room, you would know better than I would, that is thinking about it far too long before dude, taking action dude we have an epidemic right now of overthinkers yeah with all of the anxiety and all this other we just overthink man like when you overthink when you live in your head you create problems that don't even exist like that's how it is what are some of the biggest problems right now people overthinking i know for sure it's i don't look good in that video i don't like the thumbnail i without even knowing how the market's going to respond to yeah. it it's i don't i don't i don't 
What are some of the You're other... going video. Let me let me I'm just go. Video, let, me just, let me just go business. business. Let me go just business. go business. Okay. So people come to me or they come to one of my seminars or they follow me on social because they have a certain problem. Okay. Let's just go back to uh, what we said before, right? You either run a business or you run around. Mm-hmm. The idea of success in our industry is that you get to a certain level, you get to 50 plus transactions, solo agent, they put you on a panel, you get up and give all your ideas of how you get there, but secretly you hate your life. You wish you could leave the industry, but you're never going to make that same money somewhere else. Right. I see it over and over and over again. And so the thing that always gets me, and I'll point this out to them, is that People will come to someone like me for a solution, and then they will hang on to their current issue that they know 100% is a problem and is not working, and will hang on to that more than they will try something else that is a potential solution that has a potential issue if you are to go after it, but it may solve this problem. And what they do is they hang on to the 100% guaranteed issue because they avoid the thing that potentially is an issue but may solve their problem. And it shows you just how comfortable people like to be. Mm. It's the same reason people stay in bad relationships. It's called certainty. So although I have this issue in my business and I know that this isn't working and I'm going crazy and my family hates me and I'm scared to go on vacation and, you know, on and on and on and on and on, right? At least I know what it is. And it's certain. The thing that scares people more than anything is uncertainty. It's a lack of certainty. So it's the reason why they say the number one fear in life is public speaking. It's right ahead of death. You've probably heard that over and over again. People aren't afraid of public speaking. They're afraid of uncertainty. Yeah. They don't know what's going to happen, right? And so when you talk about like what is it that's holding people back, it's letting go of that certainty and understand, putting yourself in the hands of someone or, or, or some organization or something that has been there, done that, knows what the next step is. And, and not that they're saying this isn't going to cause an issue. It's saying it's going to cause a better issue. Because our job in business is not to eliminate problems, it's to create better ones. We never eliminate problems. That's never gonna happen. Like, sorry, I know it's not motivational, I know it's not whatever, problems are never going anywhere. The goal is to not have the same problems three years from now, Right. right? You want bigger and better problems. Day one, how do I create a transaction? Awesome. If that's still your problem three years from now, you probably suck and should leave the industry. you haven't grown. Yeah, I want you by year three thinking about Oh, I hired the wrong admin. What do I need to do to get this right? right. God, what do we do for a payroll service? What's Am I the one like? that's not training right? Could I have solved this Am problem? Am I being with a bottleneck VA? now? Like yeah. I've got these people here. Oh my God, our onboarding is not good right now. Like right. new problems. That's the goal of the whole right. thing. Onboarding's not good. Training's not good. Whatever. It, just, need, it just shouldn't be. I can't. I can't create a transaction anymore. They need that, a VA because I've burnt them out. Right. It, it could be something like that. Should any agent? Be, once they get into this business, have the goal of being a solo I agent. I knew you were going to say that, and I was letting you ask it because I knew exactly where you were going. Because God, you're, you're no. talking about God, business. No. You're talking about the hell. No, no, no. It's stupidity. It's absolute stupidity. At least get a TC, a transaction coordinator. Yeah. At, at very minimum. There's no re- – you know, we, we – um, we released this last year, our seven stages of team development. Dude, I built a transaction coordination company. Like, that's how much I believe in it. Like, that's yeah. the entrepreneur. We have a company called Cleared and Closed, and I, that's how much I believe in it because I'm like, we changed the structure. It used to be admin was number one. That was your number one hire. I don't believe that anymore. Your number one hire now is a TC. Yeah. A trans- and by the way, that's not wait till you do. They go, how many transactions? No, 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 no. Day one. Yep. There's no risk. Like, hire a transaction coordinator. They, they've got a custom workflow that you can work with them. They're, you're going to deliver the McDonald's fries where every time every customer gets the same experience. Not if you're busy, they get less. If you're slow, they get more. But there's no risk. Like 
eight to 12 hours per transaction, gone. The things that make you great at being an agent is why you suck at handling paperwork. They're yeah. two different personality profiles. That's you right. only pay when you close. If you don't close, I don't pay anything. Right. So you learn from day one how to delegate and how to trust other people and how to realize, oh my God, they don't do it exactly like me, but they do it better. And my clients are happy and I'm not sitting around after I put my kids to sleep and filling out paperwork and make like, come on, you know, but we don't learn that though. Right. It's not what you learn. You yeah. get in and you see top producer, Bob, who, who's going crazy and does everything himself. Organized I would, chaos. I would argue that the brokerages try to push you away from that. People that come into the industry. And I know you, you probably don't want to go there because you're- No, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how honest I should be with agnostic. it. Agnostic. Yeah. yeah. But, I am correct. But brokers- the big names, right? Yeah. They will, oh, we've got every, every solution you need. We've got a manager and an office admin. They've got two W-2s mm -hmm. typically mm -hmm. for 75 people. Where the Who mega play teams, games on their phone all day and complain whenever you ask them to do anything. Exactly. And the mega teams have taken all the market share. Yeah. We'll have 10 to 15 W-2s. Yeah. NVAs yep. and, and, and. Yeah. Here's my thought. Um, you're correct. I am broker uh, agnostic. Okay. And we do, we work with every major brand, ton of bro like the whole thing, right? Um, I'll be leaving here uh, next week and going to work with uh, our client who's the number one Century 21 in the world, like completely. Yep. I don't care if they're using my company, another company, the, the, the local brokerage, whatever. What I've found, what my experience has shown me is that at a certain scale, an agent can use their broker services and that's good and they should like that's you know that's part of what the broker is giving them when it's done right and they have the right people in place um that's a real value add to them and they're keeping in house and they know their they know uh you know how they do things and their process and awesome you know and uh so even if they're using that that's awesome as long as they've got quality people and they're doing a good job when people get to a certain scale it becomes difficult unless that broker just has a whole department that's doing that stuff Many times, once they get to a certain scale, it becomes difficult to um, to be able to help out that that agent or that team anymore. You know, once they get to a certain number, right? But I don't really care if in the beginning you're using your broker services. I don't. I think that's great. I mean, that that's just that's showing value. That's awesome. Um, or if you need leads, join a big team, whatever do, it looks like. Well, yeah. we can get into that. Like, yeah. should people join a team? I want to get into that. Yeah. yeah, we can hit that next. Yeah. But. Uh, but yeah, but do something like, like, don't, don't, don't overthink it. Yeah. Uh, don't sit there and go oh, this one, that one. In the meantime, you do nothing. Um, you need to learn right from the beginning that you shouldn't be handling the paperwork. And when you think about it, there's no other job. Like it, it's ridiculous. It's the largest asset someone's ever going to own. And yep. here we are going, I'll do everything. Uh, anytime you call me, I'm available. Like that's just, that's dumb 101. You know, it's, it's not smart. So yeah. Teams. Totally agree. So teams. Yeah. Should you join a team right out of the gates? Is that or a certain type of person should join yeah. a team? Who should join a team and why? Okay, so it it uh, I get asked this question a lot, especially newer agents. They're like, should I join a team? And um, the easy answer is yes, um, but it, it obviously with the caveat of what teams are available to you, right. what's being offered to you, what does the broker offer? Maybe they have you know. But again, generic to everybody listening right now, it's a generic answer because every area is different. We deal with people all over the world, right? So it's all different. But in the U.S., if there is a good team in front of you that um, is going to provide leads to you and allow, allow you to do on-the-spot training, like like real training with real buyers and sellers and get you moving right off the bat, 
There is no, look, I would love for you to read my scripts and dialogues all day long. I'd love for you to watch my videos all day long. But at the end of the day, there's a do of this business and nothing will train you like the first time you screw up in front of a real client. So the quicker you can do that, you know, that emotion you feel of, of, of uh, feeling embarrassed, feeling you will learn quicker than any number of times you read my script. Yeah. Think of it like this. This is how powerful emotion is, okay? If I said to you, where were you October 26, 2015? You'd be like, I have no freaking clue. Like, I have no clue. But if I say, where were you September 11, 2001? Everybody knows exactly where they were. History class, senior year. That's because that's how powerful emotion yeah. is, right? Like that emotion brings you there immediately. That same power, that same trigger to your brain is the exact same thing that happens the first time you get in front of a client and you mess up something you're supposed to say or they ask a question and you don't know the answer or whatever it is and you will never allow that to happen again. That's right. Because it's real. It's not sitting in a room, you know, okay, I'm, I've been doing this for 20 minutes. There's a part of that that's good. At some point, you know what I'm saying? some point you got to get out there in the game and a team is a lot of times the quickest and easiest way to do that when you do screw up go ahead and pour some peroxide on that wound you know by putting in your script on the on the ride back like yeah. double down on like this is what i should have said this you know it, debrief man. it analyze it that's get it better man. and it's not even you know you start thinking about not just what you said but when you say it matters too yeah i'm not a big scripted oh, guy from the perspective of you say a they say b you say a, they say Me b because it never goes that way nope but from the perspective of having the buffet available to you, yeah. having the a la carte. That's a great way to say it. It's the a la carte. You yeah. know, it's the I'm in here. I feel like dessert. Here's right. where I go. Right. right? And but so I've like, articulated dessert, fit, you know, look, man. so many times and I can it, spit it it's out. It's second nature. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like I was I was talking to an audience the other day and, you know, we were talking about like a lot of the dialogues we use now to to, you know, create business and to create whatever and like for example you're sitting down at a listing appointment and at some point you're like hey on a scale of one to ten what are two or three things that need to be a ten in order for you to feel comfortable making the right decision to hire me before i leave here today right like that line which which people answer questions mm -hmm. so now they're going to answer that question on a scale of one to ten what are two or three things that need to be a ten in order for you to feel comfortable making the right decision to hire me before i leave here they're not going to go, I'm not hiring you. They're going to answer the question because that's what people do. Right. And that line isn't like, a, okay, it's been five minutes. Ask the question. You feel it when you're there. Right. And it rolls off the tongue. It's usually when they're on the edge of, should I sign tonight or is that going to be Dude, weird? Right? But you set them up right in the beginning. Yeah. Like, like they've already now set the tone. Well, I need this and this. And now they've told you what's important. Right. And, and they don't care about any of this other stuff. If these are a 10, I'm signing, I'm, doing, I'm making the right decision. Yes. to hire you before I leave. But that's that's not like a okay the countdown's on. It's you feel it in the moment, you know, and because I'm a pro, I practice, it can roll right off. And yet we have an industry full of agents that are so used to being good-looking and having good personalities and if I get the interview, I get the job. And so then they step into this industry and think they're going to do the same thing. And it's like, "Hey McFly, that's everyone. That's everyone in the industry." Right. You know? Like winging it means you're an amateur and you can't, you can't act like an amateur and then expect to get paid like a pro, right? So, so learning your dialogues is, is just part of being a pro. That's right. And if you're going to look at me and cause you're so cool and you're so whatever, I don't believe in dialogues. I don't believe in scripts. My response is great. Next time you're in an awkward conversation, don't bring up the weather because that's a script. That is a script. You learned when things get awkward there. Yeah. that you go, Hey, uh, how about that? It started raining today. Oh, we needed the rain. What? Bad. It rained? Oh, yeah. It came, come down hard. <laughs> like, and then you talk for the next 30 seconds about the crap that 
already happened. Yeah, what they, are you doing right now? I told you yesterday was going to happen. What's dumber than that? Yeah. And yet we don't want to learn dialogues because right. I know I'm better than that. You know. Yeah, I mean that's a way to really blend in. Yeah. Talking about that crap, dude. It's just so. It's just the truth. Like, like, and I say that as like a humor is a great way to get people to understand because it it breaks down barriers. It breaks down their wall. And so when you say something like that, they're like, holy crap, that's exactly what I do. So you absolutely need to stand out. You need to be professional as well. If you're new, you can't be too vanilla. Or maybe you should definitely be professional, but being too vanilla is going to like push you into that 90% that does no business. If you're serious about growing your business, you want to take it to the next level, it's time to start investing in the people that can help you do the things you're not supposed to be doing. Every time I've grown one of my companies, it's because I've hired a key person that has taken stuff off of my plate that I shouldn't be doing, whether it's data entry, transaction management, right? Sifting through all those emails that we get. Like if you're spending your time deleting emails that are junk or unsubscribing from this crap that you shouldn't be seeing anyways, you're not advancing your business. Virtual assistants have by far been the best hire in both my companies, BAM and the number number one real estate team in Connecticut to help us advance. Virtue Desk can help you accomplish that goal. Contact Virtue Desk today. They've got the best virtual assistants in the game. Virtual Desk will help you grow your business. Hit the link, hook up with Virtue Desk. But where's that line of, you know, a lot of people want to wear Whatever the heck they want to wear, sure. they want to wear flip flops. Where, where like, do you live? I, I want I want people to just you know work with me because this is who I am. What's okay. the line right now? Right. We've we've casualized you know. There's no more casual Fridays. Yeah, yeah, you know, we've, yeah. There's all this kind of stuff, so it's casual every day. Remember when casual was like for a man was like a khakis and polo on a Friday, well, and it was like holy crap, I don't have a tie on. Here, here's my, my take: is you got to know where you're at in the business. Yeah. When I came into the business, I was you know on the sales side of the business, I was. 27 years old, I was bankrupt. Yeah. And I looked young. Yeah. And I didn't have any business. So I wore Is that when you started putting the Cruella de Vil up here? That's when I started tying the hair. Is that when you started doing it? Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. But I was wearing a suit and tie. Yeah. That wasn't a nice one. I was getting from Joseph A. Bank, you know, but I wanted to age myself up. Obviously not a sponsor of the show. Okay. Not a sponsor, but I wanted to age myself up. Not after that comment. Joseph A. Bank, let's roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But yeah, I wanted to age up. Yeah, I get it. Dude, I was getting on stage in front of thousands of people looking like I was in my father's suit, you yeah. know? So brings us to another one of the principles of our, of like my training or our coaching, which is that great marketing doesn't just attract the right people. It repels the wrong ones. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so great marketing doesn't just, we think of marketing and we just think of it as like leads, pull them in marketing, you know, whatever. Great marketing doesn't just attract the right people. It repels the wrong ones. And we need to remember that. Our goal is not to attract everybody. Our goal is to attract a tribe. If you're at two deals, is there a wrong client? Uh, if you're at two deals, is there a... No, there's never a wrong client. That's not what I'm saying. Okay. Um, I'm talking about attraction right now. Yeah. Uh, someone else comes to you. There's never a, you know, a bad... I get that all the time. They're like, well, they want to overprice it. Great. Leverage it for more buyers and sellers. You know, like it's, I, I, I'm not in that, you know, yeah. turn the business down, you know, mentality. I'm talking right. about your attraction right now. I'm not okay. talking about someone comes to you and you go, well, you don't seem to dress like me. So I'm yeah. afraid this isn't going to work out. It's not what I'm talking about. We don't align on politics. We're, we're, yeah, come on, stop it. You shouldn't even, they shouldn't even know where you align. Exactly. Uh, we're in a different world right now, right? Yeah. Like we're in a world now where you legitimately create, you know, a, a uh, content library. Like you are attracting people through the content you create. And so that means you're out there. It means you're visible. Remember, visibility trumps ability. And a lot of people would would come to me now and go, well, I didn't get into real estate to create content. 
And I'd look back at them and say, great, my brother's a mechanic. He didn't get into fixing cars many years ago. You know, he got in and learned about a hammer and a wrench and, you know, whatever. And then he had to learn computers. He didn't get in to learn computers. But if he didn't learn computers, he's out of business. Right. Because you may not have gotten into real estate to be a content creator, but you're in it now. And if you don't want to be out of business, right? And so when you look at it, it's not a matter of where's the line, where's the whatever. Um, it's who are you trying to attract? If you're trying to attract people like you, obviously there's a line. You need to wear clothes. Okay. I'm not saying there's it's no, true. okay. It's a good call. Yeah. But there is a, you know, when I started, I used to wear suits and whatever. I was one of the first ones that kind of went, screw this. This is not me. Yeah. This is not me. I would get off stage and just kind of be like, huh, this is exhausting. Like this is, this is not me on any level. Right. My career changed. This is so corny, but it is what I thought, but it's so cliche and so corny, but it's just the truth. My career changed when I decided that I was enough. Like that, that, um, I didn't want to spend five years trying to act like something I wasn't, mm -hmm. um, just to attract people who didn't even really know who I was. Okay. And you can either put the work in behind the scenes to be okay with who you actually are in front of people, or you can put the work in front of them to act like what you think it is you're supposed to act like. And my career changed when I finally went, Hey, I'm either good enough for this or I'm not. Was it an epiphany moment? Something else? Yeah. I got off stage and I'm like, I hate myself right now. I, if I watched myself back and I saw that guy and I saw how he was dressed, first off, I wouldn't even recognize him. And second off, I'm like, what a, what a dope. Like, that's not me. And you started making instant decisions based off of that moment. That's I, a rare trait. I made it. You want to know the real question I asked myself? Yeah. This is very difficult. I asked myself the question if I would rather succeed as a fraud or fail as myself. Now, that sounds really easy. But I really want to succeed. <laughs> like, I'm really driven. So I was like, well, maybe I'll succeed as a fraud for like five years. <laughs> Bank it, and then I'll go back to, you know, these are the things that go through your head. Like, yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is That's real. That's thought you had. Because I don't like to lose, man. Like, yeah. I'm like, but come if on. If you can get me to the win, I'm willing to sacrifice it. I'm like, am I really a fraud? Like, I'm, you know, whatever. Um, and I ultimately came to the fact of like, and this was real, like, if I have to be a fraud to make it, then I don't belong in this anyway. Why do I have to act like something that I'm not in order to win here? Mm -hmm. And those five years I would have spent, I could have spent them in something I was actually made to do. So I'm, I'm robbing myself, you know? So when I say, hey, I'm enough, I don't mean it like some corny, like, you know, you're enough, darling, you know, like that kind of a thing. I, I just, you know, I hate that stuff. I really yeah, do. Me too. But, but, but there was an epiphany of... This is my personality. This is what I look like. This is what I dress like. This is how I talk. This some turns some people off. Other people love it, whatever. This is either enough or it's not. And if it's not, I need to channel it in a direction that uses my... Because I knew I had a skill set. I knew I had certain talents. I knew I had certain gifts. And so I don't want to waste them. So let's not just have this be the first thing I come along and my desire to win makes me make it. But I don't really love that, you know? And so I'm like, all right, here we go. Game on. Let's throw the dice. This is going to be me. You know, like, uh, what's that show? The circus movie? This mm, is me. I'm bad with movies. Uh, Greatest, Greatest Showman. You know, the whole this is me. Movie guy. Yeah, yeah. Bobby. I'm the big girl singing the song, this is me. I'm like, here it is, okay? Like, this is me now, okay? And uh, it was either going to work or it wasn't. Yeah. And it worked. It was like, oh my God, it's starting to take off now. I'm starting to get, I'm starting to work with every major brand. The calls are going off the hook. I can't handle my schedule anymore. I can't. I was like, oh shoot, we're onto something here. And I can't tell you how freeing that is 
Because the truth of the matter is, while there are many sides to me, meaning like if you see me on stage, you see me on whatever, you'd be surprised to know I'm a natural introvert. My favorite place in the world is alone, mm -hmm. okay? But I am the same guy on the stage that I am at my kid's soccer game, that I am at the, you know, whatever. Like I just got to a place where I'm like, I'm enough. This is me. It's going to work or it's not. And the idea that when I run into people now, I don't have to think to myself, which one? Which one do I have to be right now? Yeah, the only one. It's exhausting. And I finally got to just be like, no, I'm just going to, I'm good. You know, this is going to work or it's not. And luckily it, uh, it worked and it continues to work. Um, and it will, you know, so keep going. winning for Jared James looks like what you said you're ultra driven looks like what over the next five, 10, 20 years. Yeah. And do you map it out like a Gino Blafari will map out 20 years and he'll, he'll carry it around. I hate that stuff. I hate that stuff. And he's got his, his, his whole stuff. life plan. So so, Look, good, good for him. All right. on them. I think that stuff's bull crap. I'll so be you're very not, honest. You're not doing the 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 twenty year like. You ever this been successful? Gonna look. Do you this always see around the look. corner? Uh, what I do say is, I see around the corner in with how we're building the team. Mm -hmm. I definitely see around the short corner right ahead of us uh -huh. because it's happening. Right. You see twenty years down the road. Not twenty years. So take twenty I years. That's that's not a corner. That's a cross-country trip i'm just going to tell you that 20 years from today when i was 20 years old i had no idea what i'd be doing today right um i would agree with that so like i said each person their own let them whatever whatever works for them whatever's going to keep them focused and i think that what that's really all about i can just tell you personally myself that's not how i think so like a lot of times people will say to me what does it look like are you the number one coaching company in the world like in north america are you the number which really the world because there's not really other big coaching companies outside of that uh you know for real estate um, you know, are you the number one? Are you this, that, 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 to me, like all those things are given as far as like, you know, we stay on a certain path, we stay on a whatever, like we're going to be a player with that. That's not how I view things. And I know that's how we're supposed to view things. Um, you know, because it's like, especially in my business, it's supposed to be such a numerical thing. That's not winning for me. To me, those things are a given. Um, I legitimately believe that no matter what I do, no matter how far we push it, we're going to win. We're going to do great. We're going to like, that's not, that's not how I view it. Right. For me, when you really look at a win five or 10 years from now, it's going to be how much change has occurred and how much I'm still challenging myself. Like I do not want like, the numbers are going to be the numbers. Like those are, those are, I know what those are going to look like for me though. The biggest shame to me would be if like five, 10 years from now I was in cruise control. We've made a lot of money. We're good. That's what I'm always fighting against. That's why I start, you know, we started Cleared and Closed and we started Jarja Media um, and we did these things because like, I don't want to rest on my laurels. Like I, someone asked me once what my greatest fear was uh, at a QA, and a and um, I had to think a second because I'm not a fearful person. It's not how I think. It's not like, I'm not, not like I'm immune to it, but I just, it's so weird because I'm an eternal optimist and pessimist at the same time. It's like, I equally love people as much as I hate them. You know what I mean? Um, I, I, I it's a weird thing to that. say. And like, please don't be offended if you're listening to this, but it's just when you come in contact with enough people, you're just like enough. But then there's this other side of me that just loves people so much. It's why I do what I do. And it's why I can't stop doing it. Right. It's yeah. the, you know, won't stop, can't stop type of thing. Right. But I thought about this and I'm like, I don't really think like that. Like I'm, a, I'm an eternal optimist in the sense that I always assume everything's going to work out. That's mm. how I think. And so I thought about it and then I looked back at this, this person and I said, my greatest fear on this planet is leaving this earth to a standing ovation to all of you and then getting before God and having him say, what the hell? Okay. 
And so what do I mean by that? I don't believe that I'm judged according to you. I don't think I'm judged according to you. I don't think, I think I have a certain skill set and a certain ability. Um, and it has nothing to do with the people around me. And just like agents can get into a place and you'll have an agent who's doing $250,000 and they suck because they should be doing 500, but they compared themselves to everybody around them. And, and they went, oh, look, they're only doing 125. I'm killing it. And then you have another agent doing 75 and they actually are killing it because they have a certain ability. They have a certain, they're at a certain stage of their life. They're, they're a single mother with three kids. They're, you know, whatever. That's how I view it. I don't compare myself to all of you. I don't compare myself to TF. I don't compare myself to, you know, any of those things. Um, I look at it as like a constant, I need to be constantly struggling. Like I need to put myself in positions where I'm constantly struggling. I'm constantly having to work my gifts. I'm constantly having to work those muscles. I'm constantly having to, you know, and whatever that means it's next. I don't know what's 20 years from now. I know we'll still have a program. I know we'll be massive. I know that's, that's not what I'm, it's not so what I'm So you're enjoying the process. You love, you love digging in and doing it. the work. I love it. You've got, you've got, what do you got? Two boys? Yeah. You've got two boys just recently divorced. Yep. So I know you're a big family man. Just like yeah, anyone time. that follows, that 100%, follows you online. Yeah, that's, that's, that's real. Pick man. up on that. That's 100%, super real yeah. and authentic. You know, obviously the business, you articulated that. What's the personal stuff for, for Jared? Is it just all family and business? Is there anything else in between there? Yeah. Like in what sense? Like what, uh, you know, like, fishing or boating or you know any of this crap uh, you know do you like i like to golf so i mean golfing would be my only one thing no. do you have a one thing that you like to do fitness obviously i mean uh and then and then how much you know do you need to fitness to isn't even away? like a hobby fitness to me is more like a it's Requirement a necessity to it's, be a, a, it's a necessity a, yeah. to do what i do you know a lot of things with a lot of things that i'm talking about on the road right now one of the main points i talk about is building capacity you know, people ask me all the time, like, how do you do it? How do you run these things? How do you go to various countries? How are you there with your boys? Stuff? It's how do you part do of the process of being an operator? It's, it's just, you know, we look at it wrong. We, we always go, well, how do I, how do I juggle more balls in the air? It's like, no, you're doing it wrong. Like that's, you yeah. can't juggle more balls in the air. You have to build capacity to be able to, you know, right. pour more water. You have to have a bigger cup. Yeah. And so like exercise and those things to me, time with my boys, that kind of stuff is building capacity. Have you sweat today? Is yes, that the, I did actually. Is, that's your saying, right? I did check. Did you sweat today, man? Did you sweat it's today? On, uh, it's on my story. Yeah, it's on I Instagram. Love I love uh, it. But I did. I don't post it every time, by the way. And it's amazing yeah. the days I don't post it, the number of messages I get. Did you do it? Did you do it? And I'm like, yeah. yes, I just don't post it every day. <laughs> but I've got I've got other stuff. I mean, I've got someone I'm kind of seeing right now, uh, which is nice. Um, you know, I'm not really like a hobbyist. Yeah. Like, a, you know, like, like going fishing. I'd be bored and I just bought a house on a lake. Um, Where at? I'd be bored out of my mind. I don't care. It's in Milford. Uh, oh, okay. It's right near my kids. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I was only looking in Orange, but this was in Milford, but closer than all the houses in Orange. It's weird how it just works. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't care. It's. Um, but I'm not much of that. I, I am. I guess my hobby is I love being alone. Like literally, like when you look at introvert extrovert, this is where people miss it. They assume that a personality like mine, or somebody who gets on stage, or is on video, or you know, does those things that I'm this, you know, who are you today? By the way, this is where me and me and Tom really differ, is he is much more like... Very charismatic. And I'm much more like, he, I flip that switch, but like when I'm by myself, so introvert, extrovert. Extrovert and introvert, the way you know what someone is, it's how they recharge. Yeah. So extroverts recharge by being around people. Yep. That's it. It doesn't mean introverts, while they may have the ability, this is why many salespeople... Most public figures and celebrities are introverts. Yes. They know yeah. how to flip the switch. Yeah. But I recharge by being alone. 
So because I'm surrounded by people all the time, when you act about when you ask about hobbies or you ask about whatever, um, I like to just my hobby is just kind of get alone. Like that's it. That's how I recharge. You know, because it's you're just surrounded. I was in the gym today. I'm in the sauna, and I had a guy doing this, looking at his phone, looking at me, looking at his phone, looking at me, look at whatever. And he goes, are you Jared? Looking at you in the sauna. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. Oh, well, wow. Now yeah. we're getting somewhere. Hey, you know what? what what's the rating on this show? Um, <laughs> so so he's like, are you Jared? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh. And then he starts like, you know, now he wants to talk my ear off for the next 40 minutes. That's exhausting to me. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, oh, God. Like, I just, so me, for me, being in the hotel room, being back at my house, there are really only three people on the planet that I can be with and recharge. Like, you know, everyone else exhausts me. Not in a bad way. Just meaning it's an it's an exertion of energy. You see what I'm saying? Yep. And for me to get back to where I need to be to continue to exert that energy, I have to recharge. Like I the the iPhone has got to get plugged in. If you just talk on it 24 seven, this thing is worthless. When you're sitting there alone, are you consuming an audio book or are you just like are you a big meditator? You're just sitting there. You're Listen not just to a sitting podcast, there. watch a yeah. dumb show. That You'll just, just watch something brainless, mindless, Seinfeld, whatever. Just something, you know, yeah. uh, but just mindless. Um, you know, I'll listen to a podcast or do something like that. You know what's crazy? And this is stupid. Like even just knocking out emails, just yeah. getting stuff done actually recharges me. <laughs> that's the process though. That's yeah, not, yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. a real recharge. It, it is though. Like for me, like- You like email? Yeah, because there's something, whether it's email or whatever it is You're I'm getting done. You're a Mark Cuban guy? There's some, yeah, there's something about when I get something done that just goes like, oof. You know, it's like a video game when like you're low on life and you run across that little shiny thing and you hit yeah. it and you get like half your life back. Um, weird example, but great example. Yeah. But, but when I do that stuff, it's like, I hit that charge and I go, Ooh, all right. I'm almost back up to full. Like, it's like, I'm knocking things off the, the, uh, the scale of what needs to get done. Yep. And so that recharges me weirdly enough when I'm by myself, you know, look at how I am in my office when I'm home, when I'm not on the road, I'm only in the office half the time I come in for three, four hours and I, I do half entrepreneur content creator personality. And I do half CEO. I come in for three, four hours because I know that when I'm in there, everyone's going to keep coming in, as they should. They want to knock this out. They want to know what's going on with this. We need approval on this. We need whatever. Awesome, 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 awesome. But I'll never get anything done. So then I go in and do that. The second half of my time, my office will tell you, I'm out doing somewhere else by myself because I've got to spend time creating the actual content people want to hear. I can't get so busy that I don't actually produce anything, if that makes sense, mm -hmm. right? Like, and that's the mistake many people make. They get so busy, they never actually produce anything. Busy, doing plenty, no production, right? I, I did a, a Jared James show on YouTube about this, about called, uh, are you too busy to ever actually be productive, right? So I'm just very conscious about this stuff, and I've learned it um, by watching, you know? I watched other speakers that I looked up to and these coaches and trainers I looked up to, and I watched how they had a great message, and then they spoke that message for years, and they hired all these, you got all these students and they coached them one-on-one -on -one themselves. Um, and they traveled around to do events to deliver this same speech. And they never left the time needed to actually work the gift that got them there in the first place. Mm. And then the industry eats them up and spits them out in three to five years. And I saw that as a youngin, and I went, huh, I wasn't at that level yet, but I was like, I need to, I need to figure this out. How do I not allow that to happen? And part of that was just by creating the priorities, you know, for myself, priorities about us, not other people of what do I need to do to make sure that I'm giving enough, um, to keep people attracted, to keep people, whatever, but that I'm also able to create the very stuff that attracts them to begin with. 
And so now my whole schedule works around that. Do you have a, someone holding you accountable to this? Do you have like your own coach, a mentor that's, you know, helped you with business? Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, nobody you guys would know. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. Um, and then obviously like little things, stupid stuff. Like I don't, you know, I've got an assistant that handles my schedule and does, yeah, you know, all yeah. that kind of stuff. But absolutely, man. But um, I'm very... I don't know. My head has always kind of worked like this. You know, there's other areas where I'm a moron. I'm a directional moron. I'm, uh, you know, my ex used to say to me, you know, we were driving around town and just directionally, she's like, how can someone so intelligent? And I just wanted her to stop there. Um, <laughs> she goes, be such an idiot in this area of like, just, you know, geography and, you know, directionality and all that kind of stuff. So my head works in certain ways. So when it comes to this kind of stuff, um, I'm good. Like I got it. You know what I mean? And then there's other things where um, I have to be very intentional. Um, and one of those things, by the way, because I'll just work 24-7. If you're like, oh, that's sad. That's whatever. I'm like, great. Well, you go watch, you know, I don't know, season six of House or whatever. Like, I don't know. Like, it's what I love doing. It's what actually recharges me. But what I've found, especially, and I've always been like this with my kids and other, it's just like I have to make time because I want to. Not because cause I will just go without if I don't think about it. But I actually want to. So I have to be very intentional about that kind of stuff and making sure that, um, you know, even when I'm not with them, I'm calling them, I'm FaceTiming, I'm doing, because otherwise my head will just, you know, like a lot of people. All right. I want to wrap up with just a little bit about, I guess, maybe the market, but more along the lines of what agents should do, not for their business, not mm -hmm. their real estate business in the market, but what they should do to capitalize on this business. I feel like far too few agents actually own a significant amount of real estate. Sure. And, you know, there's, yeah, there's five or 6% fees on this real estate, but there's 95 or 94% equity on the other side. Mm -hmm. And if agents and, you know, I'm curious of what you're doing to maybe even help agents get in the position of being on the 94%. Dude, that's so much of our, so much of our focus. It's, it's, uh, I mean, we just, we're finishing up the agenda right now. So we have a, uh, we do our event every year, the Jared James Advance, right? Mm -hmm. And our next one's coming up in October in Nashville. It's our two-day event, right? And I'm finishing up the agenda right now. And part of that agenda is just basically coming up with the well-roundedness of getting them to understand, you know, what are all these different areas to make sure that you're not just successful in selling enough houses, which is what they all look at. It's the volume. It's how many volume, how many houses have I done? But what are you doing with that? How are you leveraging that? Like, what's the, what's that absolutely look like, right? So when you say, like, what people should be doing right now, it's simple. I mean, it's all brand building, you know? Like, I talked about your content library. Like, the number one thing I don't think people realize um, in, in the idea of creating a content library um, is the idea of how much it lives on, you know? And I always say to people, look, don't just listen to what I'm saying. Watch what I'm doing. The, the reason why creating your content library is so, and it's so simple too. Like people are like, what, what do I, what do I shoot content about? Well, what questions do you have? Yeah. What, what's in your emails? That's what's in your text messages? What's in your, answer. answer the questions. It's really yep. simple. But the reason why it's so powerful and, and it's the ultimate, uh, I'm going to go somewhere else with that in a second, but uh, the reason why it's so powerful and it's where everybody needs to be focused right now is because it's the gift that keeps on giving. Mm -hmm. You know, we've had students this week that have signed up for coaching who watched my team building video from eight years ago. And so when you look at your consumer, yeah. when you look at your buyer and seller, you shoot a video. What's the difference between a pre-qualification and a pre-approval? At what step in the process do you get a home inspector? What, you know, whatever. Certain percent of the market right now is going to watch that because it, it applies to them. It is, you know, yeah. and then a certain percent doesn't apply to them at all. But 90 days later, 
doesn't apply to them anymore, now applies to them. 90 days later, doesn't apply to them, applies to a new group. The same video keeps feeding the market. Right. And that's the part that I don't think people pay enough attention to is that when you don't create a content library, when you don't put content on there, um, and by the way, things like Instagram and these other places, you know, they have a very short, short uh, yeah. Uh, shelf life. Yeah, so we're things talking about like YouTube, YouTube, your blog. Yeah, you, I was going to say yeah. YouTube and blog, they live on, you yeah. know, and that's a whole other place we could go. So number one, we need to be creating a content library because while you're overthinking it and asking, you're sending me DMs on Instagram about what lighting you should get, uh, someone's actually shooting videos. Okay, so let's stop those excuses. What camera? What this? What? Just shoot a video. You know, like, let's just start getting it out there. But then the other thing that I would say right now that really matters um, as we head into, you know, the, the market shift, which is good for most professional agents. Um, when you look at the world we live in where it's, you know, um, all of these disruptors and all of these third parties and everybody's coming to steal your business, right? Last year was the first time in history we saw over $100 billion in commissions. Mm -hmm. Nobody ever talks about that. It was the largest increase in the history of our industry, over a 16% increase, okay? Ancillary fees were higher. Cra but. Yeah, but out of that $100 billion plus, 91% uh, of the age, or 50% of the agents made 91% of the revenue. 50% made 9% of the revenue, right? Yep. So there's amazing opportunities right now. But when you look at all the disruptors and everything else, the number one way to counter what's going on and not allow them to steal your business is to simply take care of your business. You know, they had a study before the market went up that the average lifetime value of a client was $117,000, meaning the average client is worth that much to you, okay? Yep. Now, that was before lifetime the market value. went nutty and all of a sudden it was going yep. up. So it's even more now. Now it's probably 150, 160, 170. Yep. What agents need to do right now is they need to stop and ask themselves, do I own my business or do I rent my business? Mm -hmm. um, would you build a house on rented land? Probably not. And so when you look at all of these third parties and everything else, I'm not for or against whatever, but if your whole business is built on that and you're not focused on your database, which is the most unsexy but most powerful thing in your business right now, growing that database, growing visibility. Every time you have content, it's able to go to them. They think about you all the time. Like If you're spending more time on that than you are building your database, your system's broken right now. If you're, if you're ignoring social because you think that you, know, uh, you don't need to see that John had chicken for dinner, it's about being able to be direct to consumer. And at the end of the day, just like my business, their business, whatever, they need to start to ask themselves, do they own their business or do they rent it? And would you build a house on rented land? We right. need to start looking at our business and building our database. Yeah. Have, have, I, I know we all want to have marketing and we want to spend money with Zillow and money with all these different places that, that create you know, instant leads. And you can do that. That's awesome. I'm not saying not to do that. I'm not anti-pro or anything else. What I'm saying is, is, from a marketing standpoint, let's remember that part of your marketing is not just that direct, you know, I need, I need a response right now. If you don't have marketing that's building your database right now, then you are at risk in the future. Yeah. And you do have a chance of somebody else taking over. But at the end of the day, they're going to keep buying and selling houses through agents. The only question is whether it's going to be you or not. And if you get romantic about how you got here, it's the quickest way to underperform on your potential. Build your database, build your database, build your database. That is direct to consumer. Yeah, Nick Bailey might have stole it from you. Uh, he's, uh, I love Nick, and Nick, I know you're going to hear this. He'll admit he steals a ton from me. Because <laughs> he, he says it a little different. He says a bunch of agents are about to find out that they were order takers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over the last... The so you know Nick is one of my saying. best friends. Yeah. And uh, I love Nick. And Nick, I know you're going to see this, buddy. I love you. Um, and 
we joke about it. Like that's my guy. So he'll even tell you, he's like, like, we'll go and do an event. And he's like, he's like, what should I not say here? Like what's, we're just buddies. So like, I'll, I'll, I like talking to him about whatever. And you know, Hey, here's a one liner for this or here's a whatever. That's my buddy. Like, but he does, he does an amazing job with it. Like he's he's the most underrated CEO in the game right now. I mean, he dyed his hair red just just to just Did to take really? over CEO of Remax. He, he, no, it's not real. He uh, is the hair is red. <laughs> no, I know the hair is legitimately red. He, but I just met him for the first time this year. Oh, he's a great guy. And I was like, "You're," he he's thinking about the business the right way, and he's been there before. Smart guy. He's like hitting his like he's about to just do it. Look, I I joke around and I say, yeah, he takes a ton of my stuff, but I can say that because he's my buddy. But at the end of the day, you still have to deliver it. Um, you know, again, I work with all the brands and I love them all and there's good things about all of them. But in from from his perspective, like him in general, when you look at people who work at Remax and have, you know, you've got someone who um, not only understands the business and understands where things need to go and understands technology and understands all of that. And I think it's honestly getting a little underplayed right now because they've been around. And so Inman and all these places like to write oh, all sure. the articles about all the newest places, whether yeah. it's working or not. It's not cool to talk about but he knows what's going on and he's able to uh, execute on it. They're working in the background and he also delivers from the stage in a way that um, 99.9% of CEOs, and I'm just being kind, you know, can't do. Let's yeah. face it. Most CEOs get up and that's when we all start checking our phones. Right. You no know? doubt. I mean, I, it's, I, I, I get you. it. You got to do it, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, they're in a good position with him. Well, what Remax is doing is what you said earlier in the podcast where they are when they're attracting yep. who, who their their customer, their, yep. the agent yep. is, they are also expelling who is Dude. not a fit. We've had these convos. Like, like I said, he's one of my best buds. So, uh, uh, you know, literally my girl was just hanging out with him and his wife, uh, you know, without me because I had to cancel that. My son had a soccer tournament, so I had to cancel. Why? Uh, he's local? Uh, no. No, I didn't think no, so. No, I didn't no. think so. Yeah, my yeah. whole life is on planes. You're man. all over like the place. Like doing, yeah yeah, 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 exactly. I didn't think he was local to here. Yeah. No, no, he's in Denver. Yeah. He's in Denver. That's um, right. But no, he he gets it. Um, they've 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 got a good one with him. There's no doubt about it. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, we talk all the time about the stuff in the industry and everything. And um, it's uh, again, work with all the brands. Uh, got a lot of friends in the industry, but that's definitely definitely one of them. Yeah, good dude. Yeah, your phone's gone off a few times. Mm-hmm. I could see you mm-hmm. got a little motivational something on your on your screensaver there. <laughs> what, what do you got? Just it's, it's, just talk. Don't yeah, talk. Yeah. Just act. Yeah, yeah, it's stupid, but yeah. Do you do that all the time? I Put, switch them up. So I switch them up too. I do. The same I switch thing. them up. Not not. I, I got Muhammad Ali on there right now. Which one? Which quote you have? I'll no, tell not you my, his quote. I'll, I'll tell you my I just favorite. Have, Muhammad I just have Ali. the. Uh, you know my favorite Muhammad Ali quote. The knockout. Uh, you may know this, you may not know this, but my favorite Muhammad Ali quote was uh, when he was uh, interviewed before he went to defend his title. And they asked him how many push-ups, how many sit-ups you do, and he says he doesn't count. Um, and then he goes, well, that's not true. He goes, uh, I don't count until it hurts because that's the only time it counts. And for me, that's always been like, a, you know, it's like, when do we stop working out when it hurts? We're like, oh, got it. We start running and it hurts, and we're like, oh, went for a good run. And there's something that champions do that something triggers in them that when everybody else quits and goes, oh, I did it, I can take credit, I can check it off that I did it, they go, they go, it finally counts. I'm finally going to get the edge over all of my competitors right now. And that's the difference. I've always thought about that. Like it's, uh, I I think about it all the time. I think about it when I'm running. I think about it when I'm working out. I think about it when I'm working. I think about it when I'm doing stuff with my kids. I think about it, that discomfort. I did a podcast with our director of coaching uh, two or three days ago, something like that. 
and we talked about the very the difference between very successful people and non-successful people and she and she was like well what do you think the difference is and i think it's actually very simple uh, everyone assigns meaning to everything subconsciously or consciously and whether they recognize it or not everything that happens in your life everything that happens in your business at the end of the day when it happens in your head you say what does this mean and based on how you answer that question determines what you do next right and so you know one person gets a uh, you know gets a listing appointment on their first ever three million dollar property and they're shocked and they're like oh my god it's amazing right and they lose the listing and another person gets that exact same one and thinks this oh my god this is the first one ever whatever and they lose the listing and whether they recognize it or not they say to themselves well what does this mean and one of them goes well, I knew I didn't belong in this league I was out of my league they could tell this I just got to stick to what I do and the other one went Oh my God, things are looking up here. I just got my first ever $3 million listing appointment and now the sky's the whatever, like look out world. And they they have the complete same experience, Yeah. but they both ask the question without even recognizing it, what does it mean? And when they answer the question of what's it, what does it mean, they then continue to tell themselves that answer over and over and over and over again. And we live in a world where everybody's so worried about what everybody's saying to them on, on Twitter and in their DMs on Instagram and behind their back in real life, when the truth of the matter is they haven't even solved the voice that matters more than any of them, and it's their own. They're saying things to themselves constantly that aren't helping them on any level because we all ask, what does it mean? Well, that's a great place to end right there. All right. Uh, you, you, you nailed it. Guys, if you're not already checking out Jared's stuff, I got it all linked below. I really appreciate you doing this, Jared. And... We're definitely going to do something again because now when I'm Both here in, in the when I'm here in the summer, I can just kind of tap into you. you know, here I gotta, in the summer, what's that mean? Do you go somewhere? I am a uh, full time Florida resident. Florida, that's why you dyed yeah. your hair gray. That's why I dyed my hair. Gray. I it. come back. I come back once a month. But to fit in discount. That's right. I got I you. will. Uh, I will be checking you up. You're going to have me in your office. right? We're in Florida. Sure. We're we're in Florida. Naples. Uh, wow, that really is. Southwest. Are you old enough? I heard they I'm check dead. for IDs hey, there, but you got to be old. It enough. is. It is aging down. My everybody wants to be there. Ah. Uh. I guess you have to tell yourself that. Yeah. But I'm not a Miami guy. Maybe yeah. you're a Miami guy. I'm not a Miami no, guy. If you, Come on. If you like I just to be did an event in Miami. Quiet. You know, you want to be over on the West Coast. By the way, loved it. I was with a client yeah. we just did in uh, Miami um, with a company called Lux, and it was awesome. And, you know, Miami's super cool. And uh, when the event was all over, we got to do a nighttime thing, and they rented yeah. a place out, and it was super cool. Had an absolute blast. I mean, on an everyday basis, like I'm, when it comes to events and everything, I'm back to my room. Yeah. You know, unless I've got a friend there with me or something, I'm back to my room. I'm, I'm, yeah. But I mean, I love the sun. I'm not going to get in the water. You're afraid of the water? Not afraid of the water. It's just a waste of time. Look, the only thing worse than dying in a shark attack is not dying in a shark attack. (laughs) It's the only thing worse. (laughs) Okay. I like the hot tub, that kind of stuff. All right. Jared, appreciate you. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome.